0: In Luke chapter 6, verse 6, and it came to pass also on the Sabbath that he entered into a synagogue and taught that was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, "I will ask you one thing: Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it?" And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, "Stretch forth thy hand." And he did so, and his hand was restored whole, as the other. But they, then notice verse eleven. And they were filled. They're not a little bit angry. They're not three fourths angry. They are stopperful mad, if you can if you will. They were filled with madness and communed one with another. What in the world are we going to do to him? Now, last Wednesday, we looked at why they were so filled with madness. One, he discerned her thoughts. Praise God, we serve a Savior that looks in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here tonight, and he knows exactly what's in your heart. That's amazing, isn't it? Second, he dismantled her theology. They have said, you know, it's, it's wrong for him to heal on the Sabbath. He asked him a question. Because under the law, if a donkey fell in a ditch on the Sabbath, you could pull your donkey out. He asked, is it right for us to do good on the Sabbath or not? To save life or not? In other words, why he's saying, do you think it's wrong for me to heal this man on the Sabbath? But if you, if you tell me I'm wrong, I want you to give me the law that says it's wrong. And see, they knew the law and they couldn't do that. So they kept quiet. And he healed the person. Third, he disregarded their traps. Uh, and one of the things, I believe, probably the one thing that incited their anger and madness more than anything, he wasn't intimidated by what they were doing. He did not allow them to intimidate him and shame from being the God that he was. Amen. He just refused to be intimidated by the world around him. May I say without just as kindly as I know how to best say it, if you're easily intimidated you might want to join a monastery and become a monk and say nothing, do nothing and see nothing. Then nothing will intimidate you. But if you're going to be a Christian for the Lord in His last days, then don't be alarmed that the world will try to intimidate you into being in their box, uh, being fearful, being the way they are. And I... Um, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what. Choose what you want to do. I'm not going to be intimidated. And so the Lord wasn't intimidated. He wasn't arrogant. Please understand something. The Lord wasn't arrogant. He didn't demand them anything, but he just wasn't intimidated by their actions, if you will. Now to not, what was his reaction to their madness? What did he do? And it's one of the greatest truths that you can, there is isn't a Bible. What, what do we do when we see the madness around us? I mean, uh, this world's going crazy. I mean, and in uh, Texas, are freezing to death. They they went to this green energy, and them wind turbines and they froze up. And if nothing's turning. There's no energy, and uh, they got nothing to build a fire with, and they're freezing. And I, I so feel for them people there, and and uh, a lot of things. But, it's, but our world's crazy, and stinking is crazy. So. Uh, we, we would be safe in saying we're living in a world filled with madness. President said yesterday, and I'm not going to get political, so hang on. He said, he said, we're going to. He said, my plan, putting people out of work, is going to create seventy uh, thousand new, seventy million new jobs. Some, some new jobs. But all he's done is put 70,000 out of work. So am I missing this? I'm trying to figure it out. How you are going to make jobs by putting people out of work? But anyway, it's madness. So what did the Lord do? And this is what the truth I want you to see tonight. I told you I'm not going to get political. I'm going to the message. I'm staying on points. Don't try to drag me into anything. Uh, I just tell you, try it. <laughs> What did the Lord do? Oh, don't miss this. Number one, He continued His personal devotions. Verse number 12. And it came to pass in those days. What days? When everybody's filled with madness. What days? When they're getting together and saying, what are we going to do with Him? What does he do? He came to pass in those days he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. I love that. You know the first thing the Lord did in the midst of their madness he just went to pray. Church, Dr. Rice said every failure is a prayer failure and every victory is a prayer victory. If tonight you don't know what it means to pray, you've never learned to pray, you ought to take a Christ course in praying. Because the first thing, the greatest thing, our Lord, our Savior could have done anything, the first thing that He did, He went and prayed. And He prayed all night. He said one thing that's consistent in the ministry of the Lord was this, a continual opposition. They were continually criticizing him. There was continual controversy. There was a continual confrontation. And all he's doing is doing good. He healed the man with the withered hand. What a wonderful thing to do. A man's withered. What a miracle. And they're mad about the thing. He heals blinded eyes and opens deaf ears and makes the lame to walk and even raises the dead. And they get mad about it. What does he do? He goes and he prays. He continued his personal devotion. He continued to pray. He continued to practice spending time with the Lord. One of the things I've learned is that when there's a group of people hounding you and are filled with madness, pray, pray, pray. The first tendency is to be as mad as they are. That's our first tendency. But our first response should be is to go find us a place and pray for them. If you don't have, can I can I challenge you, every person in this church, do you have a time you pray every day? Do you have a place? I don't care where that place is. I don't care if it's driving to work. I don't care if it's during lunch. I don't care. I'm not a morning person. You would say, okay, do it at midnight. I don't care when. I will tell you this. There's something about that morning that's different than any other time during the day. But I'm going to ask you something. Do you have a time that you pray every day? It's now, don't, then you say, well, preacher, I'd be hard. We are creatures of habit. We are. I'm, we're, we're, we get up the same time about every day. We do about the same thing every day. We, we, we eat about the same time every day. Here lately, it's been a little more times every day. But anyway, we eat, we eat at the same time every day. We, we are creatures of habit. One of the greatest habits you can have is to say during the evening, I don't care what you're doing, and, and I'm not talking about spending the hours. I'm talking about five minutes. Get along and say, God, I'd like to talk to you about today. The Tell them about what's going on in the day. Tell them about that person that's driving you nuts on the job. Tell about that family member that you can't seem to reach. Tell tell them about that issue. Tell them about what's going on. Tell them about a burden you have. And then when you run out of something else to pray, then remember, pray for the people in the church. I I won't go into details, but i just tell you now, James and Gene Barnes need you and me to pray for them. They've been all their life together and now that world is getting, it's getting hard, hard place. And somebody's going to have to make some decisions. And that's hard because they've been together all their life. They've been together all their life. So, so you, you need to play for them. No, you don't need to go home. Because, What's going on with James and Jean? No, no, no. You need to go home and on your face. God! And start playing the hymn. We need to be praying. The Lord, the first thing He did when they were filled with madness, He went over on the mountain to pray. Now, if you're fortunate enough, if you're fortunate enough to have a place that you can get away from everything to go pray, that's a wonderful thing. I have a place that's just a wonderful place. No. No. No, I'm not going to tell you what it's at. If you find it, you've got to find it on your own. I'm not going to tell you because that's my place. It's a special place. And, many, and, and times and times and times down through the years I've been to that place. First tendency. Now, he didn't go up by himself. He didn't pout. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He didn't plot revenge. He went out to pray. So notice, he wasn't a stranger to prayer. In Matthew, Luke 4, 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards a 100. He fasted and prayed. And Luke 5, 2, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Prayed. Luke 6.12 He came to pass in those days he went out to the mountain to pray. Continued all night in prayer to God. So the the secret to maintaining your composure when everybody else around you is filled. They're filled with madness is to stay on your face before God and continued his personal devotions. Number two. He committed to preparing his disciples. Notice what he did in verse 13. And when it was day he called unto him his disciples and to them he chose twelve whom also he, he named apostles. Simon who he also named Peter and Andrew his brother, James and John Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon called Zealots and Judas the brother of James and Judas Escheret which also was the traitor. When a lot of people would have contemplated reducing, Jesus was interested in reproducing. I've been shocked with something, and I've been challenged. And I'll be frank with you I've been very challenged as a pastor of this church, personally, and as a pastor. Bars and nightclubs are spending thousands of dollars to build outdoor facilities around these COVID restrictions to stay open. But churches quickly just shut down services, just quickly cancel. What's wrong with that picture? I mean, I'm honest with you. God convicted my heart big time with this. Uh, What's wrong with that picture? Uh, his preaching, his ministry, his way of doing things filled some people with madness. His response was to recruit more helpers, train more workers, invest more in disciples and had a long time vision and strategy. He wasn't quitting. He's picking up business. He wasn't shutting down. He's opening up some more. He's not stopping. He's moving forward. He didn't dial it back, he stepped it up. He didn't retreat, he recruited. He didn't back down, he doubled down on the people. He didn't hit the mute button, he hit the multiply button. See, America got very dark this past January. And it'll probably stay dark for four years. Now again, you're trying to drag out me, no, I'm not going to get political. We can either scream, now listen. We can either scream at the darkness or we can overwhelm the darkness with light. Let me tell you that again. We can scream at the darkness or we can overcome the darkness with light, overwhelm it. And the more Christians that are letting the light shine, the better. The more lost people we can win to Christ, the better. Jesus' plan was simple. He, and, and the Lord knew there would be a day they would nail him to a cruel cross and kill him. He knew a time on earth was limited. So he chose to train others while everybody's filled with madness. I'll use you, I'll use you, 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 you. He's training men to turn the world upside down. Instead of backing up, he's moving forward. We have to train our children as fast as we can. We have to train our teenagers as fast as we can. And we have to disciple new converts as fast as we can. It's not the time for us to stop. It's not the time to stop supporting missionaries. It's time to take on more missionaries. It's not the time to, to stop passing out tracts because of COVID. It's time to start giving out more tracks because of COVID. You might get COVID and die Are you for sure your sake. Are you sure you're saved? Today, Russell Limbaugh passed away. But did you know his brother, about two months ago, led him to the Lord? man lived 70 years, and I believe he was a good man. I liked what he stood for. But just two months ago, he got saved. His brother led him to the Lord. What if his brother decided, well, I don't know. He might have COVID. Maybe I, not, I better not let him around. Stay stay away. And, and he never handed him a gospel tract. Now, they don't have to take it if they don't want it, but I ain't gonna be afraid to hand it to them. See, we we got to to recognize the fact that when a world's filled with madness around us, we we got he he. Continued a personal devotion. He was committed to preparing his disciples. And then notice this, he confronted the people's diseases. In Luke 6 17, he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples, and a great multitudes of people came out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed. Other diseases. Now that's what's got him in trouble to begin with. Remember, he's healed the man with the withered hand, and guess what? Now he's got a multitude of people. If they were mad over one, they're going to blow a top over on this crowd. They're going to have a heart attack whenever he starts healing this crowd because there's a multitude. But you know what he did? He healed the man with the withered hand. Don't miss this. The Lord did something with one that affected a multitude in the midst of a bunch of people filled with madness. Don't miss this. I don't want this to go over your head. I want you getting this. He... Did something for one man; he healed one withered hand. But in healing that one withered hand, he affected a multitude in the midst of people filled with madness. So, whose God wants you to affect? But it's just one. Well, that one that day become important. I know it's the Lord, but the Lord did nothing while walking on earth that you and I can do except die for our sins. He's the only one who can die for our sins. He did works, but he said greater works we could do. He gives the Holy Spirit of God and everything he did we can do except for die for our sins. He's the only one who can do that. So I'm going to ask you a question. Watch What's that one? He had just healed a man with a withered hand. People's response would be filled with madness to conspire against him. We look for more people to heal. I, I, Lord, help me so much with this. He did. I, I, how many of you have gotten caught up in all this stuff in the past year? Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just at times. And uh and It's depressing. And it's hard. And you start thinking about all this stuff. And especially those of you that have to work in the health, uh, or our brother Tim has to work in the public arena. I mean, and that makes it, it just compounds it more. But you know what? In the midst of all this, you look for more people to heal. There's not a week goes by where you're not going to run into hurting. People, Doctor house always said, "If you will preach to broken hearts, you'll never be without a congregation." I never forgot that. He said that there, you'll run into that there, every day. We we'll run into people that need help with addictions, need help with their marriage, need help with their children. If you. I said this the other week and, and I and I meant it. Not so much now, but I've, days gone by I've heard people with small kids and teenagers and they watch how other people deal with teenagers and they say, Well bless God I do this. How about you wait until you get a teenager yourself? And see how you can how good you do nailing jello to a tree. See how good you do that. See how good you handle that. Because now I, I pray our children turn out well. I pray all the old kids turn out well. But you got to live that to know what that is. Because you remember when you was a teenager and some of you were just men or a junkyard dog. Some of you were just rebellious. Go ahead and smile. You was rebellious and, and hard to deal with. And the truth is, now you know better, but you the didn't. They, the they need help getting victory of the flesh. They need help dealing with past abuse. They need help with dysfunctional families. I I, I love this passage. David, the great psalmist, David had an army of mighty men. These mighty men, I'll just tell you one occasion, the the, the Philistines that circled and, 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 and circled around a, a city and David's mighty men are standing upon a the hillside and David sees a well that he used to get a drink of water and here's what he says, he just said, man, I'd I, I sure like a drink of water that well. And he goes off to do whatever he's going to do and Three of his soldiers said, did you hear what the king said? And so they slipped down through that army, get him some water, bring it back to him. Said, here David, here's I drink of water out of the well. That's the kind of men David had. But have you ever wondered, where did he get them? Where did David get his mighty men? Did he get them from the best armies? Did he get the best trained? Where did he get them? Well, another he got him. David therefore departed thence, so escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brother and all his father's house heard they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. He's got 400 men. They're discontented. They're distressed. They're flipping out. They're in debt. They can't bills. David takes that 400 men and builds one of the most mightiest army that were known as David's mighty men. Some of those yeah. men stepped up, killed giants yeah. in his day. That's who he took. You know who God uses? Educated. Sometimes. But he used those that are not. Wealthy sometimes. Don't you glad he can use a poor person? He just uses you the way when you come to him. We come to God. Most of the time, when we 're in a mess and he helps us and he heals us, and then he uses us and does something great. David built a mighty force from a bunch of hurting men that nobody could match. Number one, he continued his personal devotion. He committed to preparing disciples, he confronted on the people's diseases. And number four, he concentrated on preaching doctrine. In verse 20, he preached on being a blessing. He lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye, blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when you hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are you when you weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from this company, shall reproach you and cast at your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leave for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did their fathers to the prophets. He said, he said, I want I want to preach to you the doctrine of being blessed. And God's payday is not always on Friday. God's payday for a lot will come when they step into glory. Then he did something else. I love this. He didn't, he didn't water down the doctrine. Don't miss this. He didn't he, he didn't he didn't water down any truth. Anything he preached, he never watered down truth. He always kept truth on the top shelf. However, he didn't make preaching secondary. He didn't change Bible versions. He, he didn't he dial it back. He didn't stop preaching. He was surrounded with people filled with madness. He just got loose preaching. And second, and I don't miss this. This may be the most important point I'll make tonight. He preached on being more than those filled with madness. Let me say this. None of us like being around somebody that's filled with madness towards us. Nobody likes it. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. Nobody else does. I don't care what your place in life. But we have to learn to be not arrogant, not we're better than somebody else. Don't get this arrogant. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm better than no, no, no. We're we're sinners saved by the grace of God. But we do not have to stoop to acting the way they act. We don't have to be them. We don't have to. We don't have, because they're mad, we don't have to be filled with madness. Because they're angry, we don't have to be filled with anger. Because they're acting like, the way they're acting, we don't have to act like that. And he said, in Luke 6, 20, and that's what he's saying here. But I'm you, uh, which you, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Now, now, now look at the mirror. He's saying, when somebody hates you, be good to them. Now that's being more than them. Dr. Hiles went to a restaurant. One morning he tells his story and and the waitress was brutal. Just brutal. Very ugly in every every everything she does. He got ready to go and she throwed the ticket at him, just throwed it at him. He picked it up. And he left on the table a very, very great sizable tip. Don't you listen to me now? She came to the table, she, got, she said, Sir, you've got your money. He said, Well, don't you take a tip. She said, The way I treated you, you you're going to do this. She started weeping. The day before, she went home and her husband had cleaned out. All of his clothes and left a note. And said, "I'm gone. I won't be back." See, you don't know, and I don't know what happens in people's lives. We just don't know. You have no idea what 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 happens. And the reality is, what prov- what provokes an action, but. He and later on he wanted to the Lord. See, bless them that curse you. Now I'm gonna be, let me stop here and just say this. I'm working on this. I, I'm working on this. So if you're filled with madness, I'm gonna be mad at you for a little while. I'm gonna get here, but I may not get the first few minutes. Okay? You may, I may not get there for, for a few minutes. And God knows I'm trying. <laughs> Bless them and curse you. Pray for them to spitefully use you. He said and unto him that smiles on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh thee, and to him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as it as you would that men should do you do also to them likewise. What's he saying here? He's saying he's saying the Lord said, When people are filled with madness, live above that. Be more than that. And and, and wonder why why are you acting this way? Why are you filled with madness? Now the Lord knew why they were filled with madness. Why are you filled with madness? Why are they filled with madness? What's, why, why are they doing that? Why are they acting? Instead of us becoming, dropping, taking the high road. No, it's not for their sake. It's for your sake. Are you listening? This, this is... This is this is Bible, not for, not it's gonna probably change during madness. Sometimes you will, but most of the times you may not, but spite you. See, and by the way, he didn't quit preaching on murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, and loving, giving arms, prayer, fighting. He he preached, he hid everything. He didn't back down. He didn't quit preaching truth. But I love this. They were filled with vengeance. They were filled with madness and commune one with another what they might do to him. And Jesus was full of virtue, verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went out virtue out of him and healed them all. Now tonight, when the world around us, when the people around you, people you work with, somebody's made you fighting mad, you don't have to be them. You don't have to be them. be more than them. They're full of madness, vengeance. You be full of virtue. I'll tell you one more story. I used to work for a feller, and uh, I took this man. He was always witnessing to him, always witnessing to him, giving him tracts. His name was Tommy, and so Tommy got a couple of fellers, and they took this old man. And they put him in the floor and they stapled him to the floor. His clothes, they stapled all the way down. Stapled him to the floor. He's fastened down to the floor. And they just walked off laughing. Finally, the boss man found out where he was and got, got, him, got him up. He said, you tell me who done this I'll go fire every one of them. He said, no, said, no, no, it's okay. They just, they just a in. And that evening, that old man, went to the door. Tommy's house. Tommy opened the door. He looked at him. He said, Tommy, the Lord loves you. And so do I. Tommy slammed the door in his face. That evening he was playing ball. Had a ball game. He went to the outfield. He said all he could hear was, God loves you so do I. He said, I got in such a bad shape. I throw a glove and ball down, got my car, and went down to pastor, and the Lord saved him by his marvelous grace. Amen. see, he was more. He was more. I know that's different than the world. The world would have said, get your gun and shoot every one of them. The world said, "Get mad." The world says, "Do this." And world, and by the way, we do that sometimes, don't we? Yes, Every one of us, we do that sometimes. But all may may God help us to stop and say, "Well, Lord, when I was filled with madness, you went and prayed, and he's filled with madness. You, you called more disciples. When you went to pray, you kept preaching doctrine." And then when when they were filled with madness, you preach, let's be more than this world. Because after all, we're not standing here. And we may be going before we all, before we know it pretty soon. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed and every eye closed.